0: this episode is a conversation with jack mandeville it first aired on february 3rd 2021 please subscribe leave a review and share this episode with your friends it's free just like our country and wildly entertaining
1: where are you from i uh, i grew up in uh, minneapolis minnesota uh, twin cities there yeah so. northern boy Northern boy, for sure, yeah, I, I, I flew the coop. We're doing this right now. <laughs> I flew the coop at uh, 18 years old, but I still consider myself a Minnesotan. I'll always be a Minnesotan.
0: Okay. So,
1: so why
0: why the Marines? Like, did you, like, like some people, they, like, always want to go in the military from, like, a young age, and they have, like, Rambo-type aspirations. Were you like that, or were you just like, it's the only job I have?
1: Uh, it was neither of those, but what it was... Uh, I, a lot of people do have romantic stories, yeah. but I want to go serve my country. and
0: Yeah, like Jonko talks about wanting to be like... Yeah, he knew. And,
1: get, and there's a lot of dudes out there. Me, on the other hand, uh, I, I, I was a bored kid from the suburbs, and I kind of just wanted to have my uh, my Ernest Hemingway moment. Okay, So the Marines was a good outlet. I knew it wasn't going to be a long-term thing, but uh, I had a very nice picket fence nice quintessential American childhood and uh, for young men you know you need a little I personally needed a little taste of adventure and yeah I felt the Marines was a good path for that nice were you were you a good high school student I was not no I was a smart kid but I was not a good student okay um, so that's why when I when I see uh, you know intelligence and education are two different things and I was I was an intelligent child uh-huh. but uh, if you were to look at my grades, I was a screaming dumbass. What was here. it? Mark
0: Mark Twain said something like, "Don't let your like education get in the way of your schooling." Pretty much, yeah,
1: yeah. Te- uh, I got a train book in there if yeah, I just want to read Mark Twain quotes all day. I don't care. We don't want to get this, you know, like like banned for. Oh like, yeah, well I got the original <laughs> Huckleberry oh, Finn.
0: Exactly. Oh <laughs> really good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? There's like some schools that they won't read Huckleberry Finn because it has certain words that read. Which
1: remember. is crazy because. The whole point of that book was to show how vicious and terrible slavery yeah. was. So when yeah. you read it, even in its in its in its context at the time, the whole point was to highlight mm-hmm. what a dirty culture uh, they were living in at that time and how poorly people were treated. So the use of that word it is offensive. It's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Don't erase it. Like force people to understand how America was. It was yeah. not a a, a great place to be, especially if you were a slave. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, my only, like, connection with basic training is I've watched part of Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Like, how was it
1: for Just you? Just like that, man. Really? Everyone goes through the mandatory, uh, you know, blowing your head off at the end of the basic training and all that uh-huh. stuff. Just like Full Metal Jacket. No. uh, I, that is a, a Marine Corps classic. I think everybody that's ever served in the Marine Corps loves that movie. Uh, basic training that I went through was a little different than uh, that depiction, but um, yeah, Marine Corps boot camp again for a nice, gentle, nice, centralized American boy from <laughs> Minneapolis, uh, going to a place like MCRD San Diego, uh, and not just the yelling and the intensity and you know the aggressiveness of boot camp, but um, that you know again growing up the Minneapolis suburbs are pretty, for the most part, a homogenous place. And then here I am, I'm next to kids from all over the country, from every conceivable background. Country country yeah. kids like yourself, you know, like it, 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 you know, kids from you know the inner city, kids who were, went on, to, I, I served with a dude that went on to be a Rhodes Scholar, and then I also served some, with some real dumbasses. So, like, <laughs> a real mixed bag of America right there. Yeah.
0: Okay, everyone talks about, like, how the military is like one big family. Like they, they know everyone in their, their unit, everyone they went through basic training with. Do you still keep up with like the dudes you went through basic training with or is it like... Not basic training, no. Huh?
1: No, because after basic training you all kind of go on your own separate ways for the most part. Uh, so you you don't really keep in con- contact with basic training people. Now the people you serve with in your, your unit, yeah, um, those are... Much of the m- much of the time those are lifelong friendships. Mm-hmm. So So
0: this must be like what? Late late nineties, mm-hmm. early two thousands?
1: Hey man, I appreciate you being fairly accurate there. It was early two thousands. Early two thousands? Yeah. But I look I look like I look pretty haggard, so I take no offense to the, even if you would have said early nineties, uh-huh. I would have understood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you used to wear like
0: a World War Two hat? Is that like uh, I, w- I listened to your podcast on uh, like Free Range American, yeah. And you were telling uh, JT that you you would like go around with like a stolen like valor like uh, oh my stolen valor hat. hat yeah yeah
1: my stolen valor hat yeah I would wear like a World War II veteran hat, which always surprised me when people would try to call me out on that like they were like Sherlock Holmes <laughs> like yeah no <laughs> shit man I'm 98 <laughs> years old like
0: yeah I, <laughs> I know I'm faking that's so, how I stay yeah. so it
1: but I have another I do a lot of uh, USO shows I go okay. and you go and entertain the troops and uh, I appreciate it a a lot of times after the show dudes will come and they'll give you like their unit patches or coins Mm -hmm. and this one Air Force guy gave me his unit hat and uh, in the Air Force it's a a unit called Red Horse Mm -hmm. and I guess I didn't know about it but uh, they're pretty popular in the Air Force and uh, you know I didn't think much of it packed it in my bag but when I got back to the States I was like ah, free hat put it on went out uh, around San Antonio here and some guy's like oh man were you Red Horse? like. Oh no, I, I got this on a tour that I was doing. And I have to like explain why I'm wearing <laughs> a cap of military unit I never served in. So eventually I just said F it and I just started saying yes. Yeah, man, I was Red Horse. <laughs> yeah. So I've been lying about being in Red Horse for like over a year now. Yeah. Okay. So I am Stolen Valor in that sense, for sure. Yeah. So
0: this... A lot of times, the military... They're in these dry countries, you know, these Arab countries that don't have alcohol. I know, we don't have France, like Germany anymore, it's no fun anymore. Yeah, is that kind of like a struggle for like,
1: you know... Well, so, I, I was one of the first, I was 19 years old, I was one of the first Americans in Iraq. And uh, there's a common misconception that Iraqis are these fundamental religious people, Mm -hmm. which is not the case. And if you... I'm not going to go into too much detail, but even prior to the United States invasion of Iraq, Iraq was one of the only secular states in the Arab world. Um, So, a lot of alcohol was passed around Baghdad and and parts of Iraq. So it wasn't hard for us to access alcohol in Uh Iraq. Iraqis love to party. Uh, um, Now, Kuwaitis, on the other hand, yeah, that's a dry-ass country. So you landed in... Kuwait. Yeah. Oh, we're so you were like one
0: the first first boots of the ground. Though.
1: Yeah, yeah. We were there for the first day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then uh, but we didn't get drunk until like three weeks in. Anyway, uh, so.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So oh yeah, no, I forgot to warn you about the trains. My bad. No, it's gonna be great background. All right, good. Yeah. yeah so get okay.
0: okay. Awesome. <laughs> so you get wh- what year do you do get out of the military? Two thousand six. Two thousand six. How old are you guys?
1: 21.
2: 18. Oh man, shit, yeah. yeah. So like, I was a
1: 99, he was a 2000 kid. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> I got out when I was 22, yeah.
2: Okay, and then what, did you go to college, did you go to trade
1: school, or what did you do? Um, shortly after I just, uh, I went, and was a, I went to school and I was a delivery driver. I went back to Minneapolis for about a year, I, was, I went to school, okay. I was a delivery driver. Then one of my, actually, marine buddies, uh, was going to school at UT, at UT Austin, and uh, so I moved down to Austin, kind of on a spur of the moment thing, and, um, uh, ended up going to school at UTSA here in San Antonio, and uh, I worked a lot of odd jobs, I worked in the oil field for a long time, worked not a long time, but for a while, and then, uh, yeah, I did a lot of odd jobs, until about, uh, 2012, when I got into, like, the creative stuff. Okay, yeah, so... Speaking of, like the creative stuff, like
2: how did you find yourself like from a marine doing some like odd jobs in the oil field to now you want to do like creative stuff? Did you always know like you wanted to do creative stuff, or like how like, how did you get there?
1: Yeah, um, no, I didn't know. That's the thing. I, you hear a lot of people, a lot of people, actors, writers, just, I always want to do that. <laughs> I knew I had it in me, but I didn't. I didn't have the confidence to do it, to even say that I wanted to do it. Yeah. So it wasn't until probably about about three or four years after I got out of the military that I started thinking that this is what I want to do. And then a couple years after that, I started making a serious go at it. And then by 2012, I got my first full-time writing job. Okay.
0: Was that... Uh, Rhino Den, or where, where was your first writing job?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, the first... Like important gigs that I got were with, you did your research. (laughs) Um, uh, Wow, yeah, that's wow. (laughs) (laughs) Because the Rhino Den, yeah, it's not around (laughs) anymore. (laughs) Unless you were paying attention eight years ago, nobody remember. Yeah, the Rhino Den, that was the first, it was a big deal to me that they (laughs) wanted to publish my stuff. You can find anything online.
0: You know, you, like, you can find anything online if you like that. Right?
1: Like, I know, right? Yeah, no, it's like <laughs> man. No. I'm glad I don't have any of those like weird Kevin Hart moments from 10 years ago. Oh yeah. man, poor guy. Bless his heart. Oh, I yeah.
0: mean, and like it was his dream to yeah. Like, yeah that was no, no, the that was the Emmys or the Oscars? Yeah, that's, that's like, like yeah. Oscars host. And then he's like, I'm not going to do it. And I'm not going to apologize. And then he apologized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah. like a Netflix-like special mm-hmm. on like what yeah. he said. like, for, like on, he was like on like all the big shows saying, like, "I'm so sorry." Yeah, yeah. I know. Less is hard. For
1: yeah, uh, that's like. Uh, I, I, I don't even remember what the joke. was. I mean, I know it was about. But it was just Twitter. It was, it was yeah. like, but but I mean, in uh-huh. 2010, Twitter was a it um, was like, the Wild yeah. West. People yeah. were just saying anything yeah. that came to it's their mind. It's pretty much just like MySpace, you know. It's convenient. Easy. You know, like comedians yeah. should be able to like make jokes. They, they, and they, they're, with stand-up comedy specifically, it is your obligation to push, push that line. Yeah. Yeah. And he was doing it. And they came, yeah. and yeah, came up to bite his ass. If you don't apologize, then no one can really ha- hold anything over your head.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess if you just own everything. Then yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. Chris Rock or something yeah, like, like Chris it. Rock. Yeah,
1: some Dave Chappelle stories. Oh man, Dave Chappelle.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you He's do. that Yeah. A- yes, it is. You do uh, AFV tours. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, do you have like any like crazy like AFV tour stories?
1: Man, you know what? Uh, you know the first one I did was with uh, Jared Taylor. Really? Yeah. Uh, we were talking about Jared earlier. Uh, the first Jared was the one that pretty much invited me, and. Uh, we, we had a wild time. Yeah, our first, our first day in Egypt, we, Egypt. Ended up, we ended up naked in a sauna together, so yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Nothing happened, but it did yeah. Man. I mean, a funny story. Yeah. Naked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. But yeah, we, yeah we, we were, that was our first day in Egypt, and then uh, there was, and by the time, this was a 10-day tour, so by the time we were leaving, uh, we went to Egypt, then we went to Jordan, and then we went to Romania. Yeah. We, Jared pulled out a little too much money, uh, he didn't understand the, the, the rate exchange yeah. in Romania so he pulled out way too much money. Mm-hmm. It was our last night in Romania, we had to go to the airport like at 6 in the morning so Jared just walked up to the bartender of our hotel and says, how many drinks will this get us? He's like, you can drink all night and probably tomorrow night. He's like, okay, keep the tab open. <laughs> I don't remember getting to the airport in Bucharest, Romania. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I do, I remember waking up in France and we were in the airport, in the terminal in, in uh, Charles de Gaulle uh, Airport in uh, Paris, there. And Jared was just laying spread out at like seven in the morning in Paris, France, drinking wine from the bottle, waiting uh-huh. to catch his next flight back to the States. That's the last thing I remember. So that's how, yeah, we, we, we started the tour naked in, uh, in Egypt and we ended it drunk in Paris. Yeah. It's a nice bookend. I spoke to, it was, yeah, it was a good tour. And we did our jobs. We went up there on stage and made, got a few chuckles out of people. Nice. We were pretty lucky because there was a band that we were touring with that had to do about two hours of mm-hmm. music. you're coming in at the end for like two minutes. We it. come at the end for five minutes and like get yeah. a chuckle out of people. And, that's our job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if you've ever seen musicians, two hours of a musical set, that is physically yeah. straining. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, we both, we've both been to that Paris Airport and it's really, it's really nice. Whenever I go, I get their their macarons. Oh yeah. 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 So he went. Yeah. He went to France probably. How many years ago? About eight years ago. Eight yeah. years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Like a family season.
2: trip? No. Well, no, no, no. Just for like a spring break trip. Like really? me and my mom Yeah. So me and my mom went to England and England, Paris, and a
0: couple other places. And then him and his dad went to. Yeah, we went to Italy, and then we went to Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Germany was fun. But Germany's uh, a rat right country, and they all yeah. speak English. I know. Yeah. Well, they do yeah, well. They they all speak English, and they all speak English like better than we do. Yeah, oh absolutely. You know, like I, I was at like this hotel, and the the like I don't know, the, the clerk, the receptionist yeah. was like correcting my English. Right. And I'm, like it's what I speak. Yeah. yeah. You can't yeah. Be I'm from America. We uh-huh.
1: uh-huh. speak that dirty American English. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: Mostly. Yeah. And so, so like, are you still
1: doing creative writing, or what are you what are you doing right now? Well, uh, yeah, I do it for a living, basically. So I've i dabbled in anywhere from film and television to I'll take a paycheck anywhere. So I've done ghostwriting for people. I've done speechwriting. Um, uh, right now I'm working on a project with a production company I've worked with a lot in the past. Uh, so we're, we're putting together a show. Uh, I write sketches with Jared. I write sketches for another company in town. Um, uh, so I do a lot, ever since COVID hit and LA shut down, it's harder yeah. to get out and do more industry stuff. I've been doing a lot of sketch stuff, for sure, yeah. Okay, okay, is it a TAC rider that I saw when I walked in? Oh yeah! That's my Hemingway Writer. Really? It's not what Hemingway didn't own it, but it was the same It was the same yeah. model that Hemingway had,
0: yeah. Okay, do you like type your like scripts out on there, or?
1: Hell no, man. No? Yeah. <laughs> what? How like, like, old do you think I am? <laughs> well, I don't know, I thought you might be like collecting like that. It's a collection, yeah, that's yeah. all it is. It, I'm, it's stuff, I'm not putting that to use, yeah. Okay. I, 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 used the type, I remember using a typewriter when I was probably uh, 10 years old, when uh, they, the, they were on their way out, but, so, yeah. Yeah, man, I got a nice crappy laptop right there. (laughs) So before we got started, you
0: told us about Range Fifteen. Uh huh. Yeah. So like, what was your like experience working with that movie? That
1: was that was the first movie I've ever been involved with, Mm -hmm. and we did it the best. We made it in the best possible way. We we wrote it together. We worked on it for a year before we even started filming. Um, I made a movie with my friends. Yeah. And that's the best experience you can go through making a movie because it's not like that most of the time. When you go to a set in LA, you're not there to make friends, it's a business. And they don't, especially if you're only there for a small part, they don't give a shit about you. You're yeah. just there to read your lines, do your job, yeah, and then you. they tell you to leave. Uh, so it's a very, an actual film or television set is a very formal work environment where we're making an independent movie that we wrote, that we produced. And so it was uh, just a joy being on that set. It was just fun. And it was, for us, it was all, all of our first time. So it was just fun to be on a film set and taking it all in and all that stuff and hitting on the wardrobe girls. That's what I did a lot of, yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. I mean, that's what they're there for.
0: That's what they're there yeah.
1: for, yeah, in wardrobe.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sometimes.
1: sometimes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. At them. the beginning of the day yeah, the the yeah. The day, yeah. But <laughs> the rest of it up, yeah. Bad. Yeah, if I'm in between lines, I'm like, I'm not going to my job. She am going to shoot She'd Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, what,
1: what are the movies that you worked on? Uh, I've done... Um, I've, no, I, uh, documentary stuff. Documentary stuff? Yeah, I uh, co-produced uh, a documentary, and then I was involved with a live tour. Uh, I didn't produce or anything, I was just... Talent uh, that uh, Jared did, a drinking bros thing, and then I've done some small uh, independent television. Yeah. And then, like, if you hey man, if you've ever been watching the sci fi network at three in the morning on Tuesday, you've probably seen my work. So, okay, okay, yeah, so. next time
0: I'm you know
1: up at three, yeah, been, if before. you're watching shitty sci fi uh-huh. originals, you've seen my work, yeah. So, what's been
2: like last um, actually, like six or nine months with COVID going around? Have you had a lot of work? Have you just seen like
1: changes? That people have people had to make you know, like new safety precautions, new restrictions? That? Yeah. Well, I was in the middle of filming a show in L.A., yeah. When COVID, it was March 15th, I remember, when they they were like, hey, we're having a shut we gotta shut production down. They booked mm-hmm. me a ticket back to San Antonio that night, uh, and the reason why my hair is like this right now yeah. is I w- we were supposed to be done filming that by April, mm-hmm. and they're not going to abandon the project, so I was supposed to go back out there in July and mm-hmm. film it, and then L.A. had another spike, so boom. And then I was supposed to go back out there about two weeks ago and finally finish that show. Mm-hmm. LA had another spike, and I we're not doing it. So <laughs> I've been walking around looking like the neighborhood creep for <laughs> about a year now, just so I can finish this part. Usually I had a shaved head. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. hey, hey, by the way, boys, I got some candy in there. Help yourselves.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Tell us about the joint hinge cap that you made. With you. Oh, Jared. Yeah. Yeah, we're both, both single summer. at the time. We're
1: both single at the time. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. was, was a time. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was last. No, that was last summer. Yeah. Uh, well, we found out. See, we. Were, he is just. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm gonna, hey, buddy. Okay, let's do this. Come on. All right. Uh, yeah, we found out that with hinge you can post up to three minutes of video. Yeah. yeah. So we made. A three-minute video, <laughs> like a
0: giant video. video. Yeah, it
1: was. Yeah. It was like it was Jared and I opening up immediately with the ask. This is why you should date us. Okay. And then we cut to montage of all the videos, movies, <laughs> and shows we've been in together, mm-hmm. and cut it to some fun music. And we just, yeah, we made a three-minute ask of yeah, come do a double date with us, yeah. Did it work? Yep. Yeah, it did. It was wildly popular, yeah. Um, okay. we, we have a, a lot of women hit us up purely out of curiosity that yeah. they weren't even interested, but they were like, are you guys being serious? And a lot of women wanted to go out and do double dates with us, so it was fun. Okay. Yeah. figure anything like you that know, come to that? No! No? Okay. Long. Well, no, not long-term, no. Not long-term, okay. No. okay. Not long-term. No. Yes, yeah, so it's mm-hmm. like that. I got a nice, uh, beautiful, wonderful, polite Swedish girlfriend right now, and, nice. uh, no, she did not hit me up an
0: <laughs> Okay, I have a note on here, and I don't know what it means. Mm. It says, Nam Vietnam Sitcom. Yeah. What's that about?
1: Jared and I wrote a 22-page pilot, um... Uh, where and we built the set in his backyard. He's got some interesting uh, vegetation, and he's got you know he's got about ten acres. Yeah. And he's got some vegetation uh, in his on his property that looks very much like Vietnam. So we built an old. Uh, What's it called? Jeez, Louise. That's how long I've been out of the military. I don't even understand the terminology anymore. But we basically built like a pit, a three hundred and sixty pit, and it looks like an old uh, operating base from Vietnam. And we've got the like everything Vietnam-era looking. And so we're going to do this. It's a it's comedy about Vietnam. Yeah, nice. so uh, we, we, we're hopefully going to start filming soon. It's just a matter of getting everybody together at the same time. Mm-hmm. But we're going to shoot it in the style of The Office, you know that documentary yeah. style? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to shoot it that style. It's going to be like a, a documentary, but a comedy. Okay,
0: so like are you... What's your association with Black Rock Coffee? Because like I feel like you work with Jared a lot, mm-hmm. like a lot of their ads. So like, what's what's the relationship? Oh, I'm
1: 10.99 as hell, baby. Everywhere <laughs> across the board. So my relationship is, I met I met Jared and Matt uh, and, and Evan. Uh, uh, I think probably before Black Rifle officially uh, became a company, but mm-hmm. by the time we did Range 15, Black Rifle was less than a year old. Oh. Uh, so I kind of just knew them from the early days. Uh, and then I, have, I moved back out to San Antonio a couple years ago and they had just put up their headquarters here, so um, I've been on contract with Black Rifle, just writing scripting and yeah. being in videos and now I work, report directly to Jared, which is the best possible place I can be in yeah. the company. Yeah. They don't want me anywhere, I have nothing to offer anywhere else in the company, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> except if I'm working with Jared, then like that's where Jack belongs. Yeah. yeah. Okay, how did you meet JT? Be- because of Range 15. Oh, so, okay. Jared is the one who had the original script. He brought it to a guy I was working with. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Uh, he brought it to a guy that I was working for at the time, and we uh, we all co-produced the movie. So, I met Jared because of Range 15, probably back in 2014.
0: Okay. Do you? Have, I feel like everyone who, who knows JT has like a crazy like Jared story. So many.
1: Do you have a crazy generation? Ones that I can tell. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh Geez. I mean, th- this is the thing. Like, it's one of those. It's like, choosing children. W- There's what, so many good it, ones. Well, and that's the thing. It's with Jared. It's like, what is the norm, and what is actually outlandish? Because when <laughs> you hang out with Jared a lot, you see things that would be outlandish to everybody else, mm-hmm. but with, when you see it with Jared, then okay. you just yeah. you become you become used to it. You don't even yeah. appreciate what you're witnessing. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can tell you the, the, you know, stories of overseas and writing movies and stuff like that, but uh, every day working with him is just a blast. Yeah. We, I will say this, the ideas that we pitch, mm-hmm. 90% of them we could never make. <laughs> so, like, we pitch ideas that just, yeah. it's it would tank Black Rifle if we ever made them, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we, sometimes we just pitch things just to get it off of our chest. Like, I thought of this... So you're the only person that wants to Yes, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need to It's fine, therapy. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, I've spent so much time uh, with him the, the last couple of years, especially. So it's hard to it's hard it's hard to hone in on a specific story. Jared is more of a character than a story. You know, he, yeah. he just is. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like whenever plays is in a movie.
1: Yeah, the movie. He's, like, he's larger than the
0: movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to take it back to uh, the Marines. So you are in the Marines for, five? Four years. Four years? Four years? So, like, is there any, like, life lessons, like, any values that the Marines, like, taught you, or is it just, like, all crapshoot?
1: It's all overrated, bro. Okay. The whole military experience is overrated. The only thing that you walk out of the military with uh, that is very special, this is my opinion, and Mm -hmm. other people may disagree, but, uh, you know, I got... You know, in my closet back there, I got all my medals and shit buried in a tub and all that. And, yeah. and you don't care about that. It doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. in the regular world, right? It, it's, it doesn't mean shit. The only thing that's real in the military is the relationships that you create with people. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, quite a few friends that are lifelong friends because, you know, from 18 to 22, mm-hmm. 22 years old, you're in college. Yeah. The relationships that you're building in that 18 to 22 year old, for males especially, are very important relationships in those years. So the military, within itself, is uh, you know those are very important years that young these young men and women are uh, getting to know each other. Uh, and then add add in the factor that it's you know it's a stressful environment, so that you know kind of amplifies uh, how people communicate with each other and get to know each other. You yeah. know. So, uh, other than that, the, the shooting guns, yeah, sometimes I miss shooting certain yeah. weapons that I don't have access to anymore. Um, but really, everything, I don't really think about the, just the day-to-day of the military. And even, you know, I can think about, you know, a couple of firefights mm-hmm. I was in, but it's not something I just naturally think about yeah. anymore. So, you know, it, time goes on and mm-hmm. your priorities shift and uh, a lot of dudes I served with, you know, they focus on their families, I mm-hmm. focus on my career. They're focused on both. I don't, I don't have a family. This is all I got right here. So yeah' <laughs> <means> a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's okay. baby, right? Yeah. I should have on. kids, man. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so I want you to imagine that you're like giving like one piece of advice or one piece of information to like a young Jack Mandeville. Yeah. What do you tell him?
1: Oh, wow, that's a really good... Wow, well, I man, kind of, I thought you were just going to set me up for dick jokes, man. Okay, all right. All right, no, I appreciate this. Uh, if I had any advice uh, to give to myself, uh, don't... And th- this may sound very cliche, but uh, don't be afraid to start something because it's too late. You know, I, I feel like in a lot of ways I'm a late bloomer in a lot of mm-hmm. steps of my career with writing and everything like yeah. that, and a lot of other things. I just joked about not having not started a family yet, right? I'm yeah. 37. But my, my, um, my advice to my young self is I think a lot of the time, especially when I was younger, I would be afraid to start something simply because I thought my time had passed, which is ridiculous, right? Yeah. Uh, so don't be afraid to start anything. Any time is the right time mm-hmm. to do what you want to do.
2: Okay, so certainly back to your younger days, so what would you do growing up in Minnesota? I mean, like, you know, I can remember, you look like a hockey guy. You looked like a hockey guy. Yeah, like ten, five degrees. Everybody in Minnesota is a hockey guy.
1: Okay, so hockey like the football in Texas. Hockey in Minnesota is the equivalent to football in Texas, for sure. Okay, it's Yeah. It's a cultural, it's an important cultural part of the state. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I grew up, uh, I mean, everyone, all Minnesota kids ice the backyard to go play hockey for yeah. sure. But, uh, you know, I grew up ice fishing and doing all those Minnesota things. You know what whipping a shitty is? Oh, uh, it's, no. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's when it's, there's snow and ice out and you go in a parking lot and you just uh, you whip, whip your play. truck around and your car around, yeah. Okay. So yeah. like the equivalent of mud in Texas. Yeah, yeah we do yeah, it, yeah, like, okay. yeah, exactly. yeah, it on the ice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we do it on the ice. Yeah, I got a little painting up there. My dad painted of a bunch of ice houses out on out on the lake, and it always makes me think of home. I like having that painting up there to remind me of where I'm from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, growing up in Minnesota, I, again, Minnesota is it, it is. It's a really good state. It's a mm-hmm. great place. Yeah. I think the only reason why there's not a significantly higher population is it takes a different kind of person to be able to deal with those winters. Mm-hmm. So, but it's a, it's other than that, it's, it's a, a really yeah. ideal place to raise a family. It's a yeah. it's a really um, it's a healthy economy. It's a healthy political environment. It's a healthy, mm-hmm. uh, it's a, literally a healthy state. Like people are very outdoorsy. As they get out there. Uh, it's a big outdoorsy state. Mm-hmm. If you're in the hunting and fishing. It's a great place to be. So. But their winters are pretty much like brutal. Atlanta, mm-hmm. like
2: Texas summers, right? They, yeah. Would you say it works? Uh Someone said you'd like to heat up the you know, the battery on your car before they use. Sometimes it's that cold.
1: Yeah. People, I I've sports like that. Most Minnesotans, if you have the means, yeah, you get the f out of Dodge by the time you're seventy. Yeah, you're, out. you're yeah. out. Yeah, they most of them. Well, as far as the city people, yeah. yeah, they get out. They go to Arizona. So I've well, met well, a few yeah. of them that have moved down here to San Antonio. Everyone's um, moving to Texas. Everyone is. Yeah. Did yeah. I see those California license plates? And yeah. you know, I I I used to live in California. I love California. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's where a lot of my family's from. Mm. But I'm like, mm, don't. It was, yeah, it was the liberal city, but it was the, like, come-as-you-are mentality. Hey, man, let's get high, listen to music, cross-dress, do whatever you want, right? Yeah. And now it's become this, it's like L.A., man. It's like L.A. It's that really judgmental, corporate, it's just a no-fun liberalism, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Austin, uh, Austin's changed a lot the last 10 years. It wasn't always, like, as uptight as it seems to be. It's still Austin in a lot of ways, but... Yeah. Did I ever tell you the time that, uh, uh, Greg Abbott ran over my foot in his wheelchair? No! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he ran in the West, in the, no, it was the East Wing at the White House, he ran over my foot. Yeah. It was like the first, it was like the first, uh, My ex worked for the administration, (laughs) so and the first like ten days, and this happens every cycle. Like nobody knows what the fuck's going on the first, uh, Mm -hmm. the first like couple months. Yeah, yeah. At at the White House, like it's a free for all. (laughs) So they basically let me on the White House property. They barely did a background check. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) And like I was going places I probably shouldn't have been in, but like. Yeah, I was walking to the East Wing, and, uh, uh, and I was walking, and all of a sudden I feel this pressure on my foot. like, ah, God! And then, like, there's a wheelchair backed up on me, and then he goes forward, and I just keep walking. I'm limping. I go to my girlfriend, like, who's the asshole in the yeah. wheelchair? He goes, Jack, that's the governor of Texas. I'm like, oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> well, Jack Manaloo,
0: thank you so much for coming on. We
1: enjoyed it. Hey, thank you so much,
0: guys.